podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Villa View. It's time for a post-match pint in association with Purity Ale as Aston Villa triumphed against Newcastle yesterday. A great day at Villa Park, 3-0. As I say, this show is sponsored by Purity, so if you want to get 10% off everything they have to offer, then use the code hashtag VillaView and you'll get 10% off all their lovely goods, including all the Villa stuff that they do. Neil, I've still not come down, really, from yesterday. Probably, and this isn't recency bias or anything like that, Probably one of the best days I've ever had at Villa Park. Probably one of the best performances I've ever seen at Villa Park. Not trying to rub it in because you were there the week before and the game <laughs> wasn't brilliant, even though even though they won. And to be fair, even if you'd have gone, you drank so much, you wouldn't have remembered the game anyway. But it was just, honestly, we are really onto something special here with this manager. Words cannot describe what Unai Emery has done for Aston Villa Football Club in such a short space of time. And I am here for every single second of it. Just what a win from from the first 30 seconds, you knew Aston Villa meant serious business. And they're playing a club now that have been one of the best teams in the Premier League this season, riding high in third, probably still going to get Champions League football, I would say. Mm. But Villa ripped them to shreds and just fully deserved the victory. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to start off on something first here. As most of you, if any of you watch, our, watch, watch my channel, know I'm not in the game of football to have fake or false or, or conflated rivalries with other teams. There was a lot said by Newcastle fans about Villa and vice versa. I'm not going to say that that, uh, that, that wasn't the case. Uh, and it seemed very kind of forced kind of rivalry. Dating back to, what was it, 2007 when the time bed sheet was rolled out but I, I, I'm on that picture it's really you? strange the, the guy that the guy that put that banner out whenever whenever it was they went down I me and my dad are on that picture and some strange clapping technique going on from me uh, at, at that time as well if you, if, if you look at the photo I don't know why I'm clapping because obviously we've got 17 points but yeah I'm, I'm on that photo I think I think most fans have probably forgotten about it, but by now the Villa fans, I don't think we're ever bothered by it anyway. I think there's probably a few, there's like a small minority of Newcastle fans that, that still speak about it. I know you had some issues in on your channel, but I've got to say there was absolutely nothing on the, on the Villa yeah. view. I think most Newcastle fans would say Villa deserved to win yesterday. Yeah, and, and that, look, that, that's exactly where I was getting at is this, uh look... I was going to come on and do the smug face thing, but I, I wanted to put that that uh, that caveat out there first. Is that uh, while I'm not here to create a false rivalry, I didn't do it with, with Leeds either. I just wasn't here for that. I am going to be unashamedly, massively positive, enthusiastic, happy, and I'm going to talk in a hyperbolic way about a lot of players today because that game, as you said, Dan, you said that that was one of the best games you've seen in recent memory. The the control, the composure, the I suppose the the cohesion, the the, the tactical nous that was shown both from the sideline and from the players uh, being able to change it around. John McGinn, I thought in particular when I watched it back today, was just outstanding tactically the way that he closed down space. But for me, that it was just huge. It was a really really big game, and 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 um, I got to watch it. My dad was up, and I got to watch it with him, um, and uh, like. Literally, our jaws were on the floor after the first the fifteen minutes. We were like, 
this is a signal game because it's against a big team riding high in the league. And, you know, it certainly wasn't anything to do with luck. Uh, yesterday it was a well put out team it was a well well drilled team I thought at times we had to play a small bit against the referee as well I know Newcastle fans have yeah, watched a like... couple of things who said that we were flip-flopping all over the place look I suppose really the, the, the game the, the game is the game but look it's not the referee had nothing to do with us winning 3-0 yesterday you no. know but he had something to do with us not winning 4 or 5 that's yeah, the way he, I'm trying to put it I mean I didn't have a problem with the ref yesterday and I'm unsure what the Newcastle Newcastle side of things would have a problem anyway. I think they were they were well beaten. I think I think it could have been more. We probably took them by surprise. I think if you know, I'm saying it's the most complete performance I've I've ever seen by Villa. I think that's probably true. You know, obviously none of us were at that seven two Liverpool game. It, it, it was during lockdown, but that was a one off freak game. That you know that mm. kind of thing is not sustainable. It's not going to carry on. What you saw yesterday was Aston Villa just being in complete control of a football match against a, um, against a really strong side, and it is sustainable. What we are doing is sustainable under this manager. It is just absolutely incredible what what he has done. And you know, Alan Shearer's tweet, I think, I think summed it up after the game, saying Villa deserves to win. Sometimes you, I don't think Newcastle were off. I think they just yeah. couldn't. They just could not live with us. I think they took. We took them by surprise. I thought. This might be a little bit cagey first 10, 15 minutes, two sides that press well. Let's we'll maybe want to feel each other out, maybe not go gung-ho. 30 seconds, you just thought Villa are here to, to, to make no friends. Villa, Villa are here to win this football match and they won't settle for anything less than, mm. than three points. Ollie Watkins going through on goal in the first 30 seconds and so, so unlucky to hit the post. He could have had four or five yesterday. On, on another day, Ollie Watkins, he still walks away with two and another stupendous performance from, from him. But we were just so good, Neil. The crowd were feeding off the play. oh, players. Are, the players are feeding off the fans. The manager's an, an absolute genius. Even I saw Gareth Southgate smiling in, in the background, knowing that he might have to pick a couple of Aston Villa players now. And just to a man, every single Aston Villa player was, was absolutely brilliant, Neil. I can't fault. Any of them. There was no player that was below a seven or eight out of out of ten in that game. They could not live with us. I absolutely agree. I agree with everything you said there. And also, what I loved about that performance was the fact that we didn't show any fear. We hammered their hammer. That's the fra- that's a phrase that that uh, that I heard recently, and and I really like it because you know we went for their strength. We, their strength was their defense, the best defense in the yeah. league. I think they conceded their... twenty. Was it before yesterday? Yeah, and one of their biggest strengths in defence was the fact that they were able to con- they were able to keep it compact, keep it tight, while allowing Kieran Trippier to maraud up and down that right hand side. Who was the first player we went after? Trippier, time and time again. Moreno hit him, uh, uh, Jacob Ramsey hit him with runs at him or playing balls around the back of him, trying to drag Shar out out to one side, trying to keep Botman. Isolated and said, Batman's a fine defender. He really is. And Fabian Shire is a good defender as well. Two good defenders. As a unit, they're a very good bat line and they have been all season, including the goalkeeper. Exactly. Ex- exactly. And 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 obviously the reason that Dan Byrne has played there is kind of like Aston Villa. It allows them to go to a kind of a tight tree at the back. We kept Dan Byrne wide. He'll be he'll be seeing John McGinn and he's sleep oh, you afterwards. Don't want to see him they... again anytime soon. <laughs> no way, no, because they had a fair right right royal battle out there as well. But that's what we did. We stretched our defence wing to wing. We went we went straight at Trippier, which was a ballsy move, I will say, to make because he's been quite good. He's been really good. What am I saying? He's been quite good. He's been really good since he's joined Newcastle. And we made him turn on his back foot, 
more times than he was able to get forward. And that's where all our attacks, that's where all our good attacks came from. And only for Ollie Watkins getting two goals. And, and, and he played brilliantly, don't get me wrong. He was definitely a 10 out of 10 for me. Alex Moreno was our catalyst an awful lot on that left-hand side. And, you know, he 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 really came up trumps in this game. And what a signing he's been. Oh. So the tactical nose of, of Emery to be able to stretch that, to stop them being able to go compact in defence when Trippier went forward and still having that extra runner. You've mentioned it a couple of times before, Dan. The space this midfield creates is fantastic. And while the likes of Buendia and Jacob Ramsey can sometimes have their off days, I definitely think that they were both right on it. Their movement, yeah, their movement played a real big part and it allowed McGinn to stay wide right and it allowed Ollie Watkins to occupy the centre half that was left in the middle, whether it be Shar or whether it be Botman. And he did it absolutely brilliant. It was a really complete number nine performance from him. And also the guys that played behind him as well just dragged everybody left, right and centre. So well done, Unai Emery. You showed, you showed your stripes for sure in that game at the weekend. I mean, at times I actually cannot believe what I'm watching. When I think back to the start of the season and we're just going nowhere when we've got the football, just look completely toothless and you know we'll probably concede at some point. To be go from that to, to what I am watching now. Villa Park is just absolutely mind-boggling and you think of some of the growing pains that we went through with the playing out from the back and some people not not being sure about it they are, they are grown here here and there from the Holton every single little bit of growing pains that we had to go or the team had to go through at that time it's completely worth it now because you know we're some side our, our best central midfield players not been not been in the team for weeks yet somehow yeah. we've managed to be better Leander Dundonka hasn't played hasn't played for months. He comes in yesterday, and this Brilliant. sums it up for me: how good Emery Emery tactically must be, and how good he must be at passing over instructions. Which, in his second language, by the way, is absolutely unbelievable. That the messages he must get across to the players for someone to come in who hasn't played for months and know exactly what he's got to do, exactly where he's got to be for every minute of the game, and execute his role to perfection. Which I would say, Dundonka and everyone else on the pitch did yesterday. That's that, that's not normal. That isn't normal that a player can come in after not playing for months and just look like he plays in there every, every, every mm. single week. But that, that's that's what happens. You know, people are playing in different roles. McGinn game to game probably in the last three or four weeks has probably played in two or three different positions. Jacob Ramsey, pr- probably the same. But the, what the manager, how he must work must be absolutely incredible, especially compared to, to what's gone before. The players must be living in a completely different world at the moment. And you, you mentioned Moreno. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say, it's been a quite a transformative signing because I wouldn't mm. have said that we particularly needed a left back when we signed him. I was a little bit like, hmm, they're not bigger areas that that, that need addressing than, than left back. But Emery obviously identified him as someone that was going to come in and and just play such a pivotal and crucial and key role for the side. Just shows you how, how much Unai Emery, Unai Emery knows. I tweeted yesterday. I want to be able to see and understand football the same way Unai Emery does. Because I can't get my head around what, what I'm saying from Aston Villa. We've had good sides before, but we've never had something that feels as sustainable as this. If we can keep hold of Unai Emery for the next four, five, six years, anything can happen because he's that he's that good a manager. I was reading something this morning. And I don't think I realised how big of an achievement it was for Villarreal to win a European competition. Yeah. But 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 he did that. I don't think I realised the size of that until I into well, I can't even remember what it was that that I read this morning. I read so much about Unai Emery nowadays. It's it's getting beyond a joke. I'm, I'm dreaming about him at, <laughs> at, at night at the moment. But 
he just sees football in such a such a unique way and it transmits in, into his side. There's something really special building there. And I've been known to get excited in the past, but I don't think I've, I've ever felt like this. You know, I'm hauling my dad up when we score yesterday. He could barely get up in time to see the goals going nowadays. Literally, when we score in the atmosphere in the crowd, I'm literally having to haul my dad up when, 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 we, when, when we score. So he sees the goals and gets to, gets to, gets to join in the celebrations. But I feel empowered at Villa Park and, and the players must feel like that as well. Yeah, like as you say, the 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 fans really kind of encapsulated the the. It was a carnival feel after 20 yeah. se- 28 seconds hit the post, which I till the day I go into the grave, I think that he did really well to even hit the post there to get his shot away. He did well to get away from the defender. People, yeah, he did really well to get it. And Nick Pope's positioning is super, absolutely super in the goals there. But anyway, we won't get we won't get dragged down uh, into uh, a battle on that one with um with. with with because uh, I know that people will think that you should have scored there, and that's fine. Nah, that's a um, tough chance. That I I was just laughing there. You might have noticed that I I might have looked distracted there. And you mentioned about Alex Moreno coming into the team, um, and I went, wait a minute, did Emery sell Luca Dean at PSG? And I just that's what I was googling there because you know I would have been in the same opinion as you. Didn't really think we needed a massive pressing upgrade at left did, back. Did I? Did I? Did he sell Luka Dane? Unai Emery signed for PSG on the 28th of June, 2016. You mean Luka Dane Luka... Oh, sorry, no, you didn't. No. Know. I apologize. And Luka Dean was down. shipped out on the 13th of July, 2016. You can't think that Emery would have known about that would have been his decision that soon into the... Into I know, the I know, I know. I'm, I'm... But it, it's just, it's something that I, I I just wanted to see. But getting back to the getting back to the, to the fans as well, after 20 se- 28 seconds, you know, the fans were like, this is that's exactly what we would have wanted to happen. Really rose the fans. You know, after 11 minutes, we score that goal. Jacob Ramsey, I still to this day think that when one of your own scores a goal earlier on against one of the big teams, the crowd are going to roar that bit more for a bit longer. And I think that they did. They were fantastic again. Obviously, Ollie Watkins then uh, comes in the second half. And, and, and Ollie had a couple of chances, actually, that Nick Pope got down to pretty well. Yeah, size, um, size with his legs. Yeah, I think so, too. Um and then, you know, after that, we needed the, the, the team needed the fans in the second half because it needed to be a huge second half. And by God, they showed up as well. 3-0 win is, is as much down to the brilliant atmosphere. Even John McGinn said it afterwards. He said, it's been, you know, a long time. There was times in the championship where the atmosphere was in Villa Park. He was delighted to hear it. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, as you said, there is something special brewing here. And, um you know, there's a couple of weeks ago we were wondering when were we going to get out of eleven place. Now we really are looking off that table, and and it's 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 in our hands. Yes, we have to beat some good teams. We have to beat some teams above us. We have to beat some teams around us, and we have to continue this great run going. But Unai Emery has only lost to Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, and then the 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 absolute outlier being losing to losing to Leicester. That's phenomenal. That is a phenomenal run in the games that he's had. So who's to say we don't go and get points from our rivals around there and stay ahead of maybe a Liverpool or um, a Brentford or a Fulham have kind of dropped back a small bit there. But, you know, it's it's, it's a case of, you know, well, I'm not going to say I'm expecting it to happen. You always go into, your, go, into your, uh, go into these games without having to cross your fingers anymore and you always have a fighter's chance. Here yeah. comes the, the fixtures. I mean, yeah, no one, no one scares me anymore. I mean... There's a high possibility we will lose one of those games. Yeah, but you don't you don't look at any of those games and think we've got no chance there. We, you know, like we were at the start of the season, we were just thinking, I know we're going to lose that game. 
I know, I know we're going to get zero points. We're going to come away with, with absolutely nothing there, particularly away, away games. But you look at every game at the moment, you just, you just fancy us, you know, Man City and, and Villa, the two form teams in, in, in the league now, and mm. Haaland and Watkins. And Watkins is outscoring Haaland, which is absolutely crazy considering he's, you know, he's playing for Aston Villa and Haaland's playing for Manchester City, gunning, gunning for the, for the Premier League title. And if he's not, if he's not scoring, which he is every week at the moment, he's chipping in with assists as well. Yeah, that's that's assist yesterday for Ramsey. You know, he's got players around him. It's a nice little ball into the box for McGinn. McGinn knows exactly what he's doing there. But it's not not a ball, really, that Watkins has any right to, to do anything with. Yeah. He picks the best option and manages to head perfectly cushion a header back to Ramsey. Super. That, that is not easy. And it's a great finish from Jacob Ramsey on, on his left foot. And Villa Park absolutely erupts at, the, at that point. But I think, you know, we didn't stop there. You score, we go again. It's absolutely frightening how good we are, and even the passing and the build-up in the lead up to every attack it just, it was just absolutely scintillating yesterday. The the movement, the way the wide players come inside and create this little box. People pull, people mm. pull wide. Moreno's always an, an outlet on the left. Martinez was pinging balls around right foot, left foot. Yesterday, his distribution was first class yesterday. The defenders are doing, you know, Mings and Concert unbelievable partnership at the moment, both going forwards and defending. I'm just every single player yesterday, like I've said, above a seven or eight out of 10. You could go, we, we could go through every player that played yesterday now and speak about them. And you could arguably say that any of them could have probably been man of the match. You could, we could, we, we could do that. I think I saw, was it on Sky Sports app? I think I saw the, the, the ratings and nearly everyone just got a seven in it, which I thought was a bit harsh because obviously Ollie Watkins got a nine in it, I think, actually, but but everybody got a seven. But uh, I agree with you. Like, it was a team performance. And, and if you've seen Villa play this season, it's been very much a team performance. But this is a dominant possession-based performance whereby from minute, literally from minute one, we were on the front foot and we never let the accelerator, uh, let, let off the accelerator. And... and Adam showed up the, the remaining fixtures that we had there. We were talking about, obviously, you know, uh, we feel like we can win to any game and win them. We've Brentford on the horizon. Brentford, obviously, Brentford at home are a different animal to Brentford away, I think. But Brentford lost 2-0 to Wolves the weekend. Um, you know, a, a result there, once again, keeps them behind us, keeps us looking forward. Fulham then uh, hot in the heels of that. Obviously, they beat, beat Everton, but they're going to be without Mitrovic and, uh, you know, playing Fulham again. And then we get into the Manchester United. Will Man United still be in all the competitions that they're in? They play Sevilla this Thursday. Injuries they, building up. Injuries building up. If they win that, they'll have another game in between. You know, I, I watched the man, uh, actually a Man United fans synopsis of the Villa Newcastle game, and he was really fair. And his big thing was, you know, we need Villa are a problem. We need to be worried about Villa when they co- when when we play them because all the games piling up and we can't take Villa for granted anymore. And he was very open and honest. And he said, you know, six weeks ago we would have looked at that and said that's three points to keep us keep us in 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 the run for um for Champions League. But he's saying you can't you can't pencil that in anymore. If Villa are a different team, and then you move on towards Wolves. Obviously, Wolves battling in battling at the bottom of the league. They're going to need to get a few more points, obviously, to stave off relegation. And then you come to Spurs, who are a complete basket case at the moment. You don't know what you're going to get from Spurs. Their manager wasn't shaking hands with Bournemouth. There was there was a bit with the Bournemouth managers. They lost, uh, you know, they, they, they lost 3-2 to Bournemouth. And, you know, things just haven't been ticking along there right even before Conte went. Not to say that it's an easy win, but what I'm getting at here is that we have a viable 
pathway to winning these games because yeah. we're coherent, because we're because we're we're a unit, we're 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 on the crest of a wave. We've got momentum behind us, and we're coming up against teams that maybe don't have that same momentum that we have because there's no other team in Europe that has the momentum that Aston Villa have at the moment, and we should drink it in. No, I mean no team will want to play us. No. At the moment, Arsenal and Man City were going for the league. They'll be glad that they've already played us, I think. And he yeah, played us when we were a little bit in in transition, really, under Emery, just after the, the transfer window had, had shut. I think we think we ended up playing but both those teams. We are, we are just cooking on gas. I mean, every player, I can't believe it's the same player that, that I'm watching from the start of the season. You know, Wendy yesterday. You know, he sometimes gives the ball away because he's always trying to play forwards. I tell you what, the guy doesn't have to win the ball back. His pressing yesterday was ferocious. He didn't mm. give Newcastle any time to breathe. I think the whole side didn't give Newcastle any time to breathe. But we've said earlier, Dan Byrne won't want to see John McGinn ever again after yesterday. And the centre back certainly won't want to see Ollie Watkins ever again either. Yeah, we're just such, such a good team now. Such a good side. It's been years, probably since I was a, ch- a child, and even then I probably didn't even understand football that well when Brian Little was the manager and John Gregory was was the managers. But and we were a decent team under, under Martin O'Neill, but it was quite basic 4-4-2 playing on the break, let, let, let's face it. I've never seen a Villa team play like this. I've never, ever seen a Villa team control games like this just for just for minute one, just a totally dominant side. It, it, it's scary. You know, it was 1-0 for a long time yesterday. And I was a, li- a little bit concerned that Newcastle may score. And then you think you've got the second through through Watkins and it gets disallowed for a marginal offside, which is fine. He's, mm. he's offside. That's what VAR's there to do. You, Scott, did you, I don't know whether you saw the clip of Mar- did you see Moreno's face when the, when the goal got got ruled out. Yeah. It's like, like, you can see how much it means to all the players now, nowadays. But then four or five minutes later, we're, we're 2-0 up and Ollie Watkins has, has scored again. This team just... Just goes again. We haven't we haven't scored. Goal's been disallowed. We go again. We go again. I didn't think we'd be able to play that tempo for ninety minutes yesterday at half time, and it was one 0 I thought mm, we've had a couple of other chances there. We could have done with the second. Could have perhaps got a second or third in that first half. I don't think we'll be able to keep that intensity up again against Newcastle in the second half. But we did. Mm. The, f- the fitness levels from the players that why they pressed for ninety minutes in that game yesterday. We barely made a substitution. Through through the game, did we didn't make a sub to the last to the last ten minutes of the game? And then and even at that, we like Una Emery playing five D chess takes off our um Jacob Ramsey midfielder brings on uh Callum Chambers. You know, think of substitutions I probably wouldn't have taken out of my back pocket if I was the manager. Unai does it, three 0 up, and you know you're kind of going, okay, that's how professional he is. It's not that he was trying to see out the game. He did move Ashley Young a bit further forward, but it was a case of like, this guy needs to come out. I need to need to um, give give a bit of a breather here. Zhang Zhang comes on the ninety or the ninetieth minute, gets booked in the ninetieth second ninety second minute, um, which I thought was harsh, but uh, we won't complain about it. But you know, like they made all five subs trying to change up the game. Brought in Miguel Moran. Still looked a small bit injured. You know, he's coming back from injury. They said he came back really, really quickly. Thankfully, Callum Wilson didn't do his normal impression against Aston Villa and score. Um, but he came on with a came on with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I thought Callum Wilson yesterday pushed concert as soon as he yeah. as soon as he came on the pitch. Some came on with a bit a bit of an attitude. We've, we've yeah. all done we've all done a podcast, mate. We've we've all had a podcast. Callum Wilson just came in with a came in with a massive chip chip on his shoulder. It was really really strange. There's a, there's a fair few comments here. Christian Mawson and Tony Sparks. No, not Tony Sparks. Christian Mawson. Sorry, he's talking about Ashley Ashley Young. Mm. 
crash injured at the moment. Ashley Young has played four games in about 10 days that he's yeah. played. The guy defies science. It's not logical what, what we're <laughs> seeing from Ashley Young. That, that should not be happening. I'm 37. I go on the peloton once and my knees are finished. My knees are killing I, me. I've said how, it before. How is he doing this? It's not right. Ashley Young is 50-ish days younger than me. Like it's like like that's that's it. It's always humbling, uh, you know, to think that and go. Ah, where did it all go wrong? <laughs> you know, it's or where not, did it go right for Ashley? It's, <laughs> it's it's not right. You know, fullbacks are a hard position to play. Arguably, fullbacks the hardest position to play in modern football. Yeah. You have to be yeah. so energetic up and down to play the, the four games in ten days or whatever whatever it is for Ashley Young. It is absolutely baffling. And yeah, we yeah. say we hear people say, "Do you think that Soke can ignore Ali or Ali or Mings? Can Soke ignore Ashley Young?" <laughs> I'm facetious that I, I said that, but I know you are. I mean, <laughs> you talk about Southgate. It was great that he was there yesterday yeah. because he, he he can't leave Watkins and Mings out of the next squad. Even yeah, there's a shout for Concer as well. But I just thought Mings again yesterday. Concer's a bit more uh, understated in the way he defends. I would mm. say. That block from Tyra Mings at two at two nil, you know, that stops a very nervy ten minutes mm. for, for Villa because it would have been been nervy, even though we've seen games out like relatively comfortably in in Emery's time against Newcastle, a really good side that would have made it a difficult last ten minutes. I, I, I would think a block from Mings, even the way he goes in is a, is a little bit strange, but it's a phenomenal block. That that blocks as as good as a goal, in, in my opinion. Those those two. Uh, we've probably, I think you're the same as me. We've always kind of defended Mings. I've said on this show a mm. few times now, I was critical of Conser at the start of the season. But anyone we all criticised at the start of the season, because we've all done it as fans, you realise now that they're just under that tactical framework under Gerard. They're playing, playing within themselves. They, did, they didn't know what to do because there was no plan. We've, Emery's given these players a platform and a, and a plan and has improved every single one of them. And again, because we were on telly yesterday, the whole country's stepping up and, t- yeah. and taking notice of, of what we're doing now. Emery's equaled the amount of games Stephen Gerrard won as Aston Villa manager already. Again, mm-hmm. that, that that's not right now. Yeah. You mentioned about Mings and, Mings and Kanza there as well. I think every Aston Villa fan would probably think, like, I well, sorry, no, I won't speak for every Aston Villa fan. I speak for me. About four games ago, I realised Tyrone Mings had turned the corner. Uh, and the reason I realised was because I feel that and, and and I think it's I think it's probably right if you go back to it. I think the structure that's been brought. I think he's comfortable in structure. That's why when he goes on international duty, he's much better. With, he he was very good for England. I won't say he's much better because he's had some really good games for Villa. He's had some games okay where he's where he has had ricks. They haven't happened since Unai Emery has really come in, you know. And that's what I'm talking about. The structure that he needs to be able to 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 perform in sometimes is there at international level because you come in, you're given a sheet, and you're told right, this is. Don't deviate from this because they have less time to implement game planning and stuff like that. So I'm absolutely here for the Tyrone Mings loving as well because, you know, a lot of other clubs, I would say absolutely every single club we've played under Unai Emery has turned around and said, when Tyrone Mings is in the team, you always have a chance. Tyrone Mings is crap. And that's the trap that people can fall. Yes, look, he might go out and he might have a rick against Brentford, but he's not been bad. He certainly has not been in any way, shape or form bad under Unai Emery. If anything... The game has slowed down for him, and he looks way more comfortable. I, I see one or two people, or well, I saw one person saying there that Kanza should commit to Portugal. An interesting one on that is, I read on, oh, I can't remember who had it up, I think it could have been Villa Wiki and, and Twitter had it up, that Kanza needs his mam 
to declare Portuguese citizenship because she's from the Cape Verde Islands, I think. And then Kanza then needs to claim Portuguese citizenship. So it's not as easy as uh, as as him being Portuguese. But um, I think that that's probably his best route to playing international football because I don't think that uh, Southgate will, will look for a player like him. But we were critical of him at the start of the season. I think I did the Bournemouth game. If I didn't do the Bournemouth game with you, I did the I did a game shortly after that. Palace, and the two of us were Palace of Hawaii struggled. That might have been it. The two of us were like, maybe Kanza is beginning to, um, you know, not be able to play. Or maybe maybe the, the, the partnership has gone stale. But Unai Emery has come in and reignited that again. And he's been very, very, very good along with Tyrone Mings. I'm just, honestly, I'm absolutely loving just speaking about Villa. At the moment. I'm fortunate mm-hmm. that I get to get to do it quite, quite a lot and, and do it for various companies and stuff. But honestly, we are just, we are an incredible football team. At the moment, the, the, I can't tell you, and I can't. I've got the words for Unai Emery at the, at the moment. We are so so lucky to have had him, and we give the board credit as well because they messed up with Gerard. They took too long to sack him, but my God, they've rectified it because we've run it. I thought we we have lost a year here, maybe even more under Stephen Gerrard. Yet somehow, I now feel like we're ahead of where we should be <laughs> at the start of when the owners come in. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. So we we lost a year under Stephen Gerrard, and then Emery comes in. I feel like we've gained two, three years, and we're now it, light years ahead ahead of where we should be. It, it doesn't make it's, sense. It's like in Super Mario when you're going along, and next thing all of a sudden you go down one of those drains, and you arrive out, out somewhere else miles uh, further on in the in, in whatever planet or whatever it is. But yeah, you're right. It feels like we've gone into some sort of warp zone. And, and shot ahead of ourselves. And I remember I did a, remember we were doing a podcast at the end of the transfer window in January. Myself and Paddy were doing the podcast. And, and Paddy was a bit upset about, you know, we didn't, we didn't buy it. And at that time he was saying, I don't think this league is all it's cracked up to be this year. I think there's an opportunity for us to get into the top half and who knows about Europe. And I think the, my, if I was true to myself, I think my overarching feeling was that, that we needed a striker. In fact, actually, I think I said it. But it turns out we just needed structure. We needed a manager. And we needed, like, like we can say what we want about all these players. And yes, they're playing fantastic. But there's a man at the helm that every single one of those guys believes in. And that's exactly, like, you can't, you can't uh, put a, a price on the intangible factor that that absolutely has. And we're going to sign players. And we may not get into Europe. But it's fun. It's fun, then. It's fun the way we are at the moment. And it's been a long time since it's been fun, save for the start of the the what the 2020 season under Dean Smith has and the 10 game run in the championship it's been ups and downs it's not been great fun being a Villa fan for a while and uh, as I say everybody here should drink it in and and I'm going to go back to what I said at the very start of the podcast I'm not here for fake rivalries with Newcastle with Leeds I want both us and Newcastle to, to qualify for Europe because I want the Premier League to start churning teams around to, for it to become a fairer playing field. I want the likes of, I want it to be a case where any team can shoot from the bottom of the league up to the top of the league with good structure and good management. That's the way the Premier League should be. And I, I for one, you know, applaud Newcastle for the fantastic work they've done. I applaud them. I hope they get into Europe. I hope we get into Europe. I hope both of us get into the Champions League. But, but that's, and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, the only way we we kind of we can keep, I suppose, for for a long period of time, we can keep keep the Premier League really interesting for all fans is to have that churn in the top six, 
And uh, as I say, we may we may be part of it this year. We may not be part of it this year. Brighton may be part of it this year. They may not be part of it this year. But it's fun. It's fun when we're in the mix and long may it continue. I just, you know, I'm not saying for one second we're going to get Champions League football. <laughs> I'm not. I know I'm not. I but, know, I know. But the fact that it's even possible, you know, we're in the, we're in the conversation. We're, we're definite dark horses and, and outsiders for it. But, you know, we are in the conversation to get top four. Again, I am not saying Aston Villa are going to finish in the top four, but for us to be in the conversation, to even for us to be anywhere near it, given the start that we had, the first three months of the season were absolute dog. Mm. Painful. I've never lost my shit so much at a football match as I did at Fulham away. I was I was horrible. I was shouting all, all sorts at the at the manager because I couldn't believe. What what I was saying, it was it was. I was thinking this could be the worst Villa side ever, and we went down on seventeen points. This team could be this, this team could be worse. This manager manager could be worse. But it was just that the players, you know, they've gone from one extreme to, to the other with with the, with the management. Like like I've said, I can't believe we sat here on April the sixteenth. Villa are in the top six of the Premier League, and we're actually sitting here saying I can't rule out that Villa would get into the top four and, and get in the Champions League. Because at the moment, I feel like we can win every game and the players must feel like that as well. Richard Edwards, who I notice in the live chat every single week, watch, must watch every single Villa View show live. So thank you very much, Richard, for your support. He's saying about Watkins' contract extension ASAP. I think that will happen this week. I think it'll be this week that will that'll get announced. And again, it'll just be p- pure feel good. I think he would have got a new contract anyway. There's probably 20 grand extra a week or 30 grand extra a week on it now since mm. his, since his recent exploits. He's got no right to be scoring the amount of goals that he's got. He's got no right to be scoring more goals than Erling Haaland, who's playing in that juggernaut Manchester City side. I keep saying it about everything I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense now in a good way for, for us. You know, Spurs... Hey. Spurs were streets ahead of us when Conte lost his job, and everyone, you know, they've been in crisis all season apparently. But you know that only points were Spurs ahead of us when, when Conte lost his job. I would hate to think, but I'm looking at Spurs now. I watch the highlights of their game against Bournemouth, and I'm thinking, I think we can catch you because they're in there. They're on the decline. They've they've sacked a manager, albeit much later in the season. Got an assistant that's coming in. I agreed with Jermaine Genius on match of the day. You're doing the exact same thing that the other manager was doing. You haven't changed the system. Yeah. You haven't changed the players. You're rolling out the exact same stuff that the old manager did that wasn't working, that the fans didn't like. Unai Emery, our Spurs fans must have wished that they'd hired Unai Emery at this point. Imagine what he could have done and gone, gone and done there with, with, with some of their players because they've got some really good players at, at, at Spurs. But I look at Spurs at the moment and think, we can, ca- I can, we can catch you. I look at Brian, who've been unbelievable this season. And I, think, I, think we can, I think we can fend you off. And, and finish ahead of you, however good you are, and you are we really have to beat good. Them. Yeah, of course, of course we do. But I think I'm looking at it and thinking we can fend you off. And then that's fifth is certainly not out. Like fifth is certainly not out of the question. Fifth, sixth, they, it's, it's there. It, it is. And look, as you said, Dan, we're not we're not puffing our chest out. We're not being cocky. We're not saying. And 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 Dan, by the way, I just want to point out there. I think there was over 800 people watching this at 11 o'clock on a, on a, on a Sunday night. And that's just that. That's that's where the everyone the wants beauty, it. Everyone, everybody be wants every, this. They'll be watching every part from every channel. Exactly. And I, 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 we went directly after the game yesterday, and we were saying that we were like, listen, find the most obscure Villa podcast you can get and listen to it because this is what it's like to be a fan, and you know, it's we should all be sharing it together. Anyway, but, but what I was saying was that, um, 
you know, we have to play these teams that are around us, like you said there. We're not saying that we're going to definitely finish in Europe. We could finish eighth for all we know. But as I said, it's fun at the moment. And 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 the fact that is that it's in our hands because we have to play Tottenham, we have to play Manchester United, we have to play Brighton, we have to play Liverpool, we have to play Brentford, we have to play Fulham. We have to play every single team that's below us from sixth. So we're sixth. We have to play this team in seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth this season. We also have to play the team in fifth, and we have to play the team in third. So that's what I'm saying. The fun part is... We've been some we, of these teams as well. And that's the thing. We have a puncher's chance. Oh, it's, it's, it, and we, it may not happen, but that's the beauty of it. All those teams are now looking at us going, oh, crap, look at their form. Look at the Villa form. Like, oh, can and, I, can and, Adam, Adam actually get the fixtures back up again? Adam, get the fixtures back up again, please. Sorry. Brentford, we've beat. Only Wolves. Fulham, we've played when we were at our worst point of the entire season. Manchester United, we've beat. Wolves, we we drew when we weren't really at our best, and Spurs we've beat. So I don't look at that. I look at that there, and I don't I don't fear it. As I've said, we may well lose one or two of those games, but I don't fear them. And even if we lose them, I now know that what Villa are doing is completely sustainable. You mentioned finishing eighth. We finish eighth, fine, because next season we'll go again because what we've got now is completely sustainable. And under this manager, we have got a manager that fits this club to a T a manager that completely knows what he's doing, a manager that has had success with clubs of our size in other countries. I said the, I said with Dave Reid on Friday, if we actually manage to get into Europe, discount the Champions League here, if we actually manage to get into the Europa, the Europa League or the Europa Conference League, we automatically become one of the favourites because the manager's mm-hmm. done it on countless yeah. occasions. So if we can just get there, I think, right, well, we've got a chance of some, some, some silverware here. Yeah. And and absolutely, why not? And you know that's another thing that but the boards in our favour. I read a great article as well today, and I will be honest, I, I don't don't remember where it was. I read tons of stuff today, um. But I read an article today that likened the tactics that Unai Emery played was the element of surprise, uh, like he played when they beat Juventus three 0 uh, when he was with Villarreal. Yes, it and was very it was like that. And he said his his big thing was where he said that uh, this this um, I can't remember who it was. I must go back and try and find it in my history. But the the big thing was that he was saying that you've got a manager in Unai Emery now who can tailor his approach like a cup game for the next seven games. And someone wins, someone loses. He did he did that yesterday. Yeah, Newcastle did not expect that start from Villa yesterday. Hammer the right hand side. That's what he did. Hammered their right hand side, dragged their defender, kept their left hand side wide, played crossfield balls when they needed to, and let Watkins go in between the two centre halves and create havoc. That was a game plan that we haven't seen Villa do. Well, we've seen them do it in parts this year, but it was so pronounced. The way we went down that left hand side at will at times in the first half was very, very pronounced, and in the second half as well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he has in store, if there is a plan in store for Brentford. It may work, it may not work. But when we see when it works like it did yesterday, the whole of the whole of the, the whole of the, the the English league is talking about Aston Villa's performance, and if they're not, they should be because it was a really really good performance. You're right in what you say though, because I think the basic framework in terms of on and off the ball system, it do, I don't think that deviates too much. In possession, in possession, you'll probably out of possession. Sorry, the our plan doesn't change. Our position, we. 
you know, with, with 4 4 2, the, the mm. players who are the wide players like McGinn and Ramsey, they drop back in, they make it very tight and, and compact. One of them will drop in, the fullback shifts across. You know, that I don't think that changes too much, but there was a unique plan yesterday against Newcastle. And again, there'll be a unique plan against Brentford, then there'll be another one against Fulham. How many fast starts have we had as well? You know, there was mm. Newcastle turned us round yesterday so that we faced the Holton in the first half. It used to really bother me. I don't care anymore. How many early goals have we scored in front of the hole in this season? And it was the thing we were doing as a team. We were we were turning teams around to play against the the, the whole then for a period yeah. of time on purpose. How many how many times have we gone one nil up in front of the hole in under no, Emery? Stato opened yeah. up my one. I did see him in the in, in the comments. He wants to go to bed, but we've got him pumped up. He said, "How how is he supposed to sleep?" I mean, let's get to, before we go. Let's have let's have a few questions. Let's get so ask us some ask us some questions. Yeah. So you got time for that now? You know, I you probably want to go to bed yourself. Yeah, I'd sleep just, is optional, Then Sleep is optional. I don't, if I go to bed now, I'll just be thinking about Unai Emery and Villa anyway. So I might as well, we might as well answer some, some questions. So let's just spend the last 10 minutes or so. I, I, I know I can't sleep in in the morning. I'm going to have workmen beating down my door at about quarter past eight in the morning. So I know I can't sleep in for work tomorrow. So I can stay up to whatever time you need. Whoa, IBFC starts with 10 goals in the first 15 minutes at home. Next best team has six. How many records are we are we are we breaking at the moment? I tweeted earlier, you know, John Gregory's probably set quite a lot of records for the start to a managerial tenure. You know, Henry smashed every single one of them. I think it was Stato headed up to say that we are the most informed team in Europe at the moment. Mm, maybe be. I might have that wrong. Maybe in twenty twenty three, might be the most informed team. Maybe have got they they're flying at the moment. They they seem to be winning every week. Man City. I can't remember the last time they dropped points. It doesn't feel like it's happened too to much in the recent months. I think I'm, I, might, I might have read it somewhere in the last 18 games, maybe. Are we in the 18 games? Una Emery has, ta- has been at, at Aston Villa. I think we might be, we might have the most points accumulated or something. I keep on yeah. talking until I stumble upon something that even sounds vaguely right, is what I'm going to keep doing. Last eight last games. Eight there games. we go. Last eight go. games. Yeah, we've we only considered two goals in eight games. And, and one of them was a, such a questionable penalty. I don't even think it was a penalty in that in that West Ham game. It's absolute madness. Yeah. Let's get some of these. These credits are coming in read too quickly for me to too quickly for me to read. James King says Ashley Young contract. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I will. I will say. I don't, I don't like to take the credit for things. Since I got that third shirt with Ashley Young at the back, which at the time he did absolutely nothing. To be fair, this season he came the day the day or the. Two days after I bought that shirt, he came on against Manchester City and absolutely owned the place. Since then, he's never looked back. It's the only time I've ever got someone on the back of my shirt and they've improved. And I don't know why. And I still don't know why I did it. But yeah, absolutely. He's got a he's got to have a new reason. Yeah, it was, probably was. Another another year for, for Ashley Young is I think it's got to be a dead search, surely. Not only what he does on the pitch, but what he does in the in the dressing room as well. You have to keep him. It's a it's a no brainer. Rookie mistakes. Oh six, oh seven. We don't see any of them anymore. From Villa yeah. says Emery possibly manager of the year. I think if we get Europe, I don't know. That's off the table. Eddie Howe got it last year, and we have accumulated more points, I think, in that yeah. period of time than, than Newcastle did with Eddie Howe. But we have to finish strongly as well, you know. We will have to finish strongly. Um, I don't care whether he gets it or not. He's going to be my manager of the year. because, no. But, like, he, once again, you know, it's it's something for him to put in his mantelpiece. It's not, it's not out of the question, that. 
if we get Europe, yeah. the head start that we gave all the teams above us and some of the managers that would have been mentioned for manager for manager of the season. Thomas Frank's been mentioned as manager of the season at various points this year. I think Marco Silva has at times. They've both kind of fell away. A, a if, we bit break, if we break Brentford's 12-game uh, non-losing streak, I think they had uh, at one stage, uh, was a 12-13 game losing, non-losing streak, then then who's to say? If Arsenal win it, Arteta is getting managers. No, that doesn't uh, look like that. If Arsenal win it, that, that, that's what's going to happen, I think, for sure. Tom Coe saying about transfers, how different do you think the summer business is if we qualify for Europe versus if we finish without? I think the calibre of player you can attract changes, mm. but I still think I think Gwendozi will come regardless. I think if we wanted him in January, I don't see how, why that would change. I think he's another option who can play in that wide midfield role, but also play in the middle. He's played with Kamara before, he's worked with Emery before, he ticks a lot of boxes. Gwendozi's very good at pressing as well. He's young, so I think that's a, I would say that's a dead cert for the summer. Yeah. Whatever happens, Greg said on eighteen seventy four, Villa will sign a centre forward. I think we'll a... sign someone who's a who's an attacking player, but I'm not convinced that we'll sign a someone you would say is a, is a centre forward. There's there's a guy that pops up in the comments of, of of our shows, and he's a guy that comes in every so often, and he just disappears again. And he's come in about four times, and he said Villa have already signed a centre forward. He's not a big name. But he's somebody doing what Emery wanted, and it's not a massive. It's not a massive deal. It's not a massive, uh, uh, massive money or anything like that. He alluded to the fact he could potentially already be a free signing. I have no idea whether that's no, true you or not. Know. No, you not on the internet, okay? If it's a, if it's a free signing, it, if it's a free signing, I'd expect your transfer database to pick up a striker. That's I on a, personally on a think it could be Musa Dembele from Leon because there was yeah. a lot of smoke without, and there is yeah. no smoke without further. I couldn't tell you whether that is going, to, whether that is the case or not. This do do not hit me up on, with anything for this. It's a guy on the internet that puts put it in about four times into my my stream, and then of course. The mind went overactive one evening and I was kind of trying to put two and two together with it. But um, I think that there's a striker. Basically, that's what I'm getting at. I think there's a striker will come in. Um, and I think that, you, you know, that Unai Emery will be very much pieces for the jigsaw more so than than splash the cash. Uh, Guendouzi will cost an awful lot of money. I think we'll get a co- good couple of signings. But uh, we will get some more pace into the team as well. I could see us, uh, you know, as you said, those attacking players. We will sign definitely more than one attacking player. Um, this 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 off season, I think for sure. Yeah, uh, Tony Sparks. Can we break the ten game streak? How many have we won in a row now? Is it five? Eight. Uh, no, we, haven't, we haven't won eight in a row. We drew. Oh, sorry, we haven't lost in eight. We, we you won know, the seven. Ten, the ten ten wins. Camp, the, the, oh, yeah. Ten win ten wins in the championship, wasn't it? We have five in a row. So then uh, we, we saw the five fixtures, didn't we? We will drop points at some point. It's not yeah. that uh, ten wins in the Premier League is. I think 10 unbeaten in the Premier League is better than 10 wins in the Championship. Of course Arguably. it is. Of course it is. I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't be in the Premier League if it wasn't for that for that run. That run was was very important. And it came from came from absolutely nowhere, didn't it, really? I think Jack Grealish had a lot to do with it, but it did, yeah. it did come from absolutely nowhere. But there's no... 10 unbeaten, I would say, that, I'd say that's plausible at the moment. But I do think at some point we'll, at the very least, draw a game. He just can't. He can't. Can't keep going, can he? he? I want it to. And long term, I think what we're doing is sustainable. It's like what it's like this Watkins run at the moment. It feels like the, it'll be the making of him. Is he a, mm. a similarish? Uh, Vardy was probably a bit older. I remember when Vardy he scored like eleven games in a row or something and broke a broke a Premier League record. Vardy was really older. The making of him. 
he was north the thirty, I think, when he did. Feels that. a bit similar this run though, doesn't it? Like it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna make him. This is this is him. He's so confident mm. at the at the moment. The finishes he's got in his armory as well. I could see him getting eighteen goals this season. I don't think like if seven games left and he's on fourteen, so that means he's to keep on going and win a clip realistically, you know. And we've got some big teams there. I could see him scoring four goals uh, between now and the end of the season. Get eighteen goals for an Aston Villa striker. That's really good going. This guy's only playing in his third year, fourth year of being. This is his fourth year ever of being a striker. It's also yeah. the first half of the season. He wasn't even really missing chances. He didn't have, he didn't have any. Didn't have any. Yeah, well, but, 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 there, there was no chances coming, was there? A, a, yeah. at all. It's doesn't he's tied kill, with Julian but... Julian Georgeham now uh, for with goals. I think he's thirty nine goals. Um, so he's halfway, just just shy of half, or just over halfway to Gabby's um, seventy four record. Okay. <laughs> get get there. Let's get there. Get... Two three years. Let's let's do let's let's do it, Ola. Duncan Kilburn's got his his transfer wish list. Gwen Doozy, Phillips, Barnes, and Sarah. I'm not sure on Calvin Phillips, you know. I'm not sure that's one that we do. Is he twenty eight, twenty nine now? Calvin Phillips got a bit lost at Manchester City. Do we even need Calvin Phillips? I'd sound stupid. Douglas Luiz and Kamara. We do. If 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 you've an option to have Calvin Phillips. You take Calvin Phillips, I think. I I, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't play him over. I wouldn't play him over Dougie or Kamara. That's no, and that's I'm absolutely saying. fine. Like our our, our squad. I'd rather Gwen. Then. I'd rather Gwen Doozy, who can do both yeah. roles. I'd rather. I'd much rather I, that. I I look. We yeah. We're, we're not in a position to say not Calvin Phillips at all. I don't think. Uh, but I know what you're saying. I know. Look, the, the injuries right would be a worry profile. for any team. He's not, yeah, and he's not the right age profile now mm-hmm. either. John Farry from Total If Dog. he wants to get out of the England squad, he'll move to Villa. That's the only way you get out of it. Like, Yeah, you're better off staying at Man City if you want to be in the England <sighs> squad, playing your five minutes here and there. That'll keep you involved. That'll, that'll definitely keep you involved. John Fairy Farry Photography, Newcastle fan, in the comments, fair, fair play to him. says, saw this in yep. my recommend and thought I'd pop in. I'm a Toon fan. I do the graphics and thumbnails and mod for the Toon Review YouTube channel. And just thought I'd come and say fair play yesterday, lads. Be interested to know if, if John actually... Because I think Newcastle were just shell shocked by Villa in in, in that first. So I don't think they were expecting Villa to, to come out. I'd like to know whether John are we a better side than he thought we were. Was he worried before before the game, or did did, what, did we play in a way that he expected us? Because I think a lot of Newcastle fans would have been surprised by, by that. Yes, I'm not saying they were belittling us or anything before the game. I think I was surprised by how intense we were. At, I was at, definitely at the, surprised at the start of that game. Yeah, Ronan Ward, I'm not going to answer your question about the player of the season because we're going to do something with that in 1974 on Tuesday when Greg and myself, of course, I won't answer your question of who is the player of the season so far. Cause I want can to I? Yeah, yeah, go on then now. Go on then. <laughs> I, don't can... I don't know. I don't know, Ronan. <laughs> I, I probably, do you know what? I probably, you'd nearly have to give it to Dougie Louise, I think, at the minute. But um, like, there's a lot of arguments that can be made about a lot of players. Uh, obviously, Ali Watkins' form has just been outstanding. Um, Emmy Martinez has come back from the World Cup, uh, man possessed uh, after the Arsenal game. You know, everything has gone his way. Um, Ashley Young has come in and really gotten us out of a tight spot whenever we needed him, Mr. Dependable. There's, there's, I'm probably ruining your podcast with Greg Evans now. No, we'll Dan, talk about but, it. Blink twice if if you want me to shut up. <laughs> no, 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 never, never want you to shut up. Now you can, you, you can continue. I did a, I did, a, I did a poll the other day, and I, the four I chose was uh, Mings, Louise, Watkins, and Ashley Young. They were the four. Ashley Young's got a good chance of Clubman of the Year. I would say 
Clubman of the Year, and that, that's a, that's a banker for, for Ashley Young <laughs> this, this year. He, that that is an absolute banker. Scotty UK has got a little bit too excited, I think, and he's saying get Declan Rice. I mean, we could afford him. We have got the money, but Declan Rice is going to go. I was saying Declan Rice is going to go to a team in the Champions League. You never know. You never know. No, Declan Rice isn't coming to Scotty UK. No, I think it's time for you to go to bed. But time for me to go to bed as well. Time for me to go to bed when I'm genuinely considering that and pondering it as a as as an option. That just it's just not going to happen, is it? Mm. Now I think we'll we'll call it a night. It's twenty five past eleven. There's eight hundred and forty three people watching at the moment, Bonkers. which is absolutely staggering. We thank you very much for the support. I did do a tweet earlier because I've been looking at the YouTube numbers and thinking they're quite low. Why the why are we doing better in the number numbers are lower? I didn't really understand it. But then Adam sent through this morning the stats across everything. So. Every week, we, to be fair, the output goes to a lot of places. I think being on Spotify, I think a lot of people have been watching and listening on that. You know, all in, we're averaging around 15k per video at the moment. Some of them are hitting nearer 20, so they're you know they're they're, they're silly numbers, really. In in Brilliant. in my in, in my opinion, you know, especially when we get the tech wrong half the time, and we're always 15 20 minutes late for every every show. So yeah, really appreciate pe- people sticking with us and those numbers. As I say. I'm very fortunate to be able to do some of the stuff that I do, and a lot of that has come because people have supported me on on the Villa View, and I've gone on to do some really cool stuff that I could have never dreamed that that I'd get to do. And when Villa are winning, it just makes makes it all worth it because I'm buzzing to come and speak to you t- tonight and early, even though it was, it was half ten, you know, the, the night before Monday. I was absolutely buzzing because I want to talk about Villa all the time at the moment. And as I say, I see Unai Emery in my dreams tonight, and I'm, I'm sure you will as well. Yeah, and it'll be a nice stream. It'll be a nice stream as well. Adam Adam Sky says they're 833 and only 131 likes. That like button is very important. If you guys watch any YouTube video that you like, hit the like button. Gotta like it. Does help, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Look, it's all subscribers help as well. We're we're in a world of algorithms and we're in a world of uh, of of things being pushed out. Look, uh, as uh, as the 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 fan that was there, John, um, said you know came up with these recommendations. I said on my own podcast, you know, find the Villa podcast you've never listened to before and give them a listen because, you know, if you may not agree with whatever we say on this podcast, you may not agree with everything, but when the good times are rolling, you know, you should really immerse yourselves in it because we're we're Aston Villa and we're all Aston Villa fans. We all have that common goal of um of uh you know wanting the team to do well. So uh, yeah, as I say, uh, I I'm I'm the same. I've I've just. Gone on a massive binge of listening to listen to Villa podcast today, and I really like it. You know, it's put me in good form. So the team is putting us in good form for yeah. fit, for a change. So why not? Why not immerse yourself in it? I mean, we went out when you were over, didn't didn't we? Me, you, Paddy, yeah. Max, and yeah. and Simon from from Villa on tour, and we've we've won two games since then. It was like it was nine days ago, and we've we've won two we've won two more games since then, and we're sitting sixth in day. But we were talking, we were, we were giddy with excitement on that. No, admittedly, a few beers have gone down. But, you know, we were giddy with excitement that night. Like, let's go to, let's come to Art Dublin. Let's do some, let's do something something in Dublin. Let's put let's put an event on another Villa drinking weekend, which we still might do. In in, fa- in fairness, but I do think it was a little bit, little bit the, the beer talking, wasn't wasn't it? But <laughs> you know, at the moment, you just want to, you know, we're quite we're qualified for Europe. We're we're doing it. We'll put an event on in Dublin. Come to Dublin, get the content creators on the plane together. We'll come to you. We'll come to you now, and we'll just have a <laughs> massive, massive party. And I'm I'm in to me. I'm in the realms of at the moment. If you get Europe, I'll get an Unai Emery tattoo. I mean, I, I am in those realms. honestly it's it's ridiculous isn't it who would have thought six months ago that we'd be coming on these shows 
and, and feel feel this way. I just never ever yeah. expect, even in my wildest dreams of when Emery came in. And I, I told this story on Talk Sport the other day, actually, so I'll tell it quickly before we go. My barber, who actually cuts Millie Ednak's hair and does Millie Ednak's beard, so he's responsible for one of the best beards that's ever been seen, not even just in football, but just in, in life. Um, when Unai Emery came in, he made a bet with the, the other two lads that were there, were Blues fans. And he said, straight away, before we'd even played a game, he made a bet that Villa would qualify for Europe with them. And he said, if they don't, I'll get a Birmingham City tattoo. It was as soon as Unai Emery came in, he made that bet. Who did? Yednak? No, my bar, no, not Yednak. My barber. Was my, my barber made my barber's made that bet. So if Villa don't get Europe, he has to get a Birmingham City tattoo. This he season? Just, yeah, he was just that confident that Villa would Villa would make Europe. Pardon. As soon as we got Unai Emery. So this yeah. is what this is this is what Unai Emery does straight away. It, it's funny that you mentioned that because I thought Unai Emery came into your barber and made that because no, someone no, no, did no, have no, a no. comment in under there. What should Unai do about his hair? I would like to see it tidied up. <laughs> and I was going, no, this is next does. level segue from the Who professional cares? from the Who professional cares? Dan Bardell there. <laughs> Unai, Unai Emery, do what you like with your hair. Just, just, I love it. Just do what you like, Unai yeah. Emery. You you can do no wrong. Yes. As, as as far as I'm concerned, Agreed. what a guy, what a manager. Already to get into are. Europe, he has to wear an Alice band. Throw back to uh, to Juan Pablo Angel. Yeah. That's what he's got to do. Yeah, let's go now because we could talk about all kinds of stuff. Here. Do our reputations no favor whatsoever. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who's who's tuned in. Really, really great. So many, so many people. I mean, the chat comes through to me, so I can try and incorporate some stuff in the in the show. Move too fast for me. I haven't got the skills. I haven't got the skills to incorporate and, and answer everything and talk about everything that people say. But love that everyone's enjoying the content at the moment and love that everyone's enjoying supporting the club that we all love so much at the moment as well because these times are, are rare we've had enough bad times when when it's exciting and it's good we should enjoy because you know it, 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 it's deserved and this is what it's about we've all got that that common love of a football club and we should embrace it and we should enjoy it and even if we don't get your we should still just take this time as a as a, as a success because we know under this manager good times will come so yeah thank you to everyone who's joined in thanks to neil for joining me thanks to adam for producing so like probably seething that we've gone for an hour because he probably wanted to go to go to bed so thanks to adam as well greg and myself will be back for 1874 on tuesday please like the video if you have enjoyed it leave us a comment as well and yeah subscribe with your post notifications on because all those things like Neil says, they really, really can't go and subscribe to Neil's channel as well for the love of Paul McGrath and watch all his videos when they come out as well, please. Have a good rest half an hour of the day and up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.